Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Here's my favorite rant for the day, excerpted from our podcast, which you can find over at tomhartman.com. Welcome back to Anything Goes Friday on the Tom Hartman program, defending America from the weapons of mass deception. Richard in Lemon Grove, California. Richard, what's on your mind today? Yes, sir. Uh, I, I was thinking about Eisenhower's farewell speech, mm-hmm. and he, he warned against the military-industrial complex, but I, I think I heard many years ago that his first draft included, as it was said, military and congressional congressional it was military military. industrial congressional complex in this first draft at least according to you know many of the websites i've read i i can't i can't personally vouch for it i haven't seen the first draft but i've certainly read that on multiple occasions yeah oh thank you i looked for it but i was hoping you would have an answer yeah. But you have heard of it. Oh, yeah. I, and, and I'm fairly confident that it's true. I mean, it, 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 it yeah. makes sense. And, and also, I can see where his advisors would have, you know, talked him out of it. But Congress was, you know, gung-ho at that point. The, uh, the military-industrial complex basically emerged out of World War II. Uh, we did not have a permanent arms industry before World War II, and, and uh, that's, what, that's what happened. In fact, uh, Richard, was that your question, and that, that's what you called about? Yes, sir. Okay, let me let me play some Eisenhower for you. Then I think you'll I think you'll like this. I'll I'll be uh, you know just listen in. Uh, Eisenhower, this Richard is spot on, and this was an absolutely brilliant speech. This was given by Dwight Eisenhower, I believe, in January of uh, 1961, just before he left the presidency and handed it over to John Kennedy, and uh, he sets up his speech by first pointing out that in, in 1941, when, when uh, Franklin Roosevelt declared war on Germany and Japan, we did not have a military-industrial complex. We did not have a permanent arms industry. And so we had to ask General Motors to convert their, their, uh, their car factories and, and Ford and Dodge and all these other companies, we had to ask them to convert their car factories into tank factories and into uh, making half-tracks and Jeeps and, you know, the stuff for the troops and into airplane factories, in fact. And Rosie the Riveter came about and they asked the nylon companies to, to, to uh, go into the business of manufacturing parachutes and things like that. So he starts out talking about that and how we ended up stuck with this military industrial complex. Here's the setup. Our military organization today bears little relation to that known of any of my predecessors in peacetime or indeed by the fighting men of World War II or Korea. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, with time and as required, make swords as well. You get that? But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. And then he talks about what it means. Three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. We annually spend on military security alone more than the net income of all United States corporations. 
Now, that's pretty mind-boggling when you think about it. We spend more on military security alone than the net income of all American corporations. He's, he's identified, you know, okay, we need a permanent arms industry. World War II taught us that. And we have one now, and it is huge. He continues. Now, this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. And then he goes on to the most famous little clip from his speech. Here it is. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. I would suspect it already has. He was pressing. And then he continues. He had a lot to say in this speech. As we peer into society's future, we, you and I, and our government, must avoid the impulse to live only for today, plundering for our own ease and convenience the precious resources of tomorrow. Sort of like the uh, GOP tax cuts, right? <laughs> Let's borrow $3 trillion and give it to the billionaires. Uh, right, Dwight Eisenhower was warning us about these guys. This was a real Republican. This was my dad's Republican Party. Listen to this. This was our, the last legitimately elected Republican president in, in my lifetime in the United States of America. He continues. Now, this conjunction oh. of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry. Excuse me. Yeah, I have wrong spot. We cannot mortgage the material assets of our grandchildren without risking the loss also of their political and spiritual heritage. We want democracy to survive for all generations to come, not to become the insolvent phantom of tomorrow. Now, that insolvent phantom of tomorrow that he was arguing democracy could become would be the result of the arms industry becoming the tail that wags the dog of American democracy, which, in my opinion, is exactly where we're at. When was the last time you even heard a member of Congress asking for an audit of the Pentagon, much less challenging this conventional wisdom that giving $700 billion a year to our war machine is something that we absolutely have to do. Gee, and, and no questions asked. And billions of dollars for Iraq and billions of dollars, trillions of dollars for Iraq, trillions of dollars for Afghanistan, and not to rebuild the countries and not to undo the damage of George Bush's crazy wars, but just, you know, to make some profits for the military contractors because there's really no other reason for us to stay there. Dwight Eisenhower continued in that speech. Listen to this. During the long lane of the history yet to be written, America knows that this world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate, and be instead a proud confederation of mutual trust and respect. Together we must learn how to compose differences, not with arms, but with intellect and decent purpose. We must not become a community this, just listen to this one more time. Ever growing smaller, 
must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. This is, you know, he's talking about, you know, the political parties. It's, it's, it's just, it's like the guy had a time machine. Dwight Eisenhower, Jan I believe it was January of 1961. It was within a month or so of that, whenever it was. This is his farewell address. And then at the very end, he has a prayer for America. Again, this is how Republicans used to think and talk before the billionaires took over the party. President Dwight Eisenhower praying for America. May we be ever unswerving in devotion to principle, confident but humble with power, diligent in pursuit of the nation's great goals. To all the peoples of the world, I once more give expression to America's prayerful and continuing aspiration. We pray that peoples of all faiths, all races, all nations may have their great human needs satisfied. That wow. those now denied opportunity shall come to enjoy it to the full. Wow. That all who yearn for freedom may experience its spiritual blessings. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. Amen. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity and that the scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth. Wow. And that in the goodness of time, all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. Mutual respect and love. Don't become a, sm a small community of fear and hate. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower was so different from Donald Trump that it, it is unimaginable that these two men could have even functioned in the same room, much less the same party together. The Republican Party is no longer what it was when my dad became a Republican. The Republican when you know, and, and voted for Dwight Eisenhower in 1952, a year after I was born. It is no longer that party. It is now the party owned by the petrochemical industry, the defense industry and a small band of right-wing crank billionaires. And, and they've got their own television now. Great show today, Congressman Ro Khanna taking your calls for the hour. And how the fake shows, you know, Duck Dynasty, Roseanne. Roseanne actually ran for president essentially as a socialist. Now she loves Trump. And the Duck Dynasty, you know, all those, all those kids who were like college-educated, young, upwardly mobile professionals. Anyhow, check out the show. Uh, free uh, commercial free podcast at tomharvard.com clips here on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.